From Wisp Politics in Madison, you're listening to Capital Chats. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a Wisp Politics Capital Chats podcast brought to you by Spectrum. I'm Adam Kelnhofer here in the Wisp Politics office in Madison. Today, I'm joined by my colleague Kate Morton to talk about an interview that she just did with Representative Nate Gustafson. He is a freshman Republican from Fox Crossing, and he is also the chair of the Speaker's Task Force on Artificial Intelligence. So, Kate, did you and Representative Gustafson get to talk about AI at all? Absolutely, Adam. We talked about a lot of different topics related to artificial intelligence. His task force recently released their recommendations for the legislature on artificial intelligence. So let's just get into the interview. All right. Well, first off, Rep. Gustafson, thank you for joining me on the podcast. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So to get us started, maybe you could talk a little bit about the work you've done on the Speaker's Task Force on Artificial Intelligence. What were some of the most significant recommendations that came out of that task force? Sure. So ultimately, with the AI task force, we were really trying to aim at what is AI? How are we using it? And how can we, if we aren't using it, how can we augment that along what we're doing now? And so ultimately, some of the big legislation that came from this task force includes a bill about AI auditing, as well as um, kind of setting this expectation for state agencies to start adopting AI if they haven't yet, and then also trying to find ways to alleviate our workforce crisis. So that's usually kind of how we go hand in hand is we have this huge workforce crisis. We don't have uh, individuals to fill these roles, um, but can AI help us uh, kind of maybe close that gap that we have currently. So that was really our ultimate goal that we were trying to shoot for. Yeah, I believe you also had some other proposals related to uh, disclosures and political advertising. Maybe you could talk a little bit about more about that one. Yeah, absolutely. When someone has the the final courage to step up and run for office, they want to make sure that when they are saying what their viewpoints are, what their beliefs are, that they're not being misconstrued due to the fact that maybe someone took something they said, used AI, and you know portrayed them as something completely different than they are. And so ultimately, we just want to make sure we kind of have a fair game, fair uh, playing field here, and allow for people to understand that if they are consuming some sort of content that was AI generated or assisted with AI, that they're being at least informed of that. And that would include maybe a disclaimer within the ad, um, there's a couple options there, but there will be some sort of call out, at least in in that material that's provided. Sure. It seems to be kind of an emerging issue as far as the um, AI and political advertising. How do you see that impacting the upcoming elections, if at all? Uh, I think we're going to start seeing it uh, quite a bit more where, again, it comes down to we don't have enough hands uh, to run. Some people don't have enough hands to run campaigns. So they might they might kind of shift their campaign focus on how do we use what tools we have to get our message out with the least amount of people that we could possibly have. Because typically, again, at the end of the day, people are the hardest thing to come by, as well as it's typically one of the more expensive resources. So I think we definitely will see uh, the, I would say, the surface level of adopting AI into campaigns and political ads. This cycle, it's only going to go up from here. Okay, yeah. You also mentioned a little bit some of the workforce aspect, maybe AI being used to 
help fill positions that are kind of lacking people to fill them. Do you have any concerns about once we have maybe an improvement in our workforce, AI kind of taking over positions? Do you think it's a good thing or a bad thing? I guess, what's your take on that? Yeah, with the current landscape, I would I think we'd all be ecstatic if we could truly have the workforce that all the positions of every single company would need right now, including not only obviously private partners, but also the public uh, sector. And so ultimately, I don't see that being a reality anytime soon. I think ultimately we need to look at, well, if we have, let's say, 10 FTEs that we're trying to hire for and we can't hire them because there's no one out there for them, how can we take maybe some of that funding alongside of what we've established for those positions and use it to augment the tools of AI alongside the current workforce? Again, the the win-win here is we're, we're closing that gap with the workforce as well as we're not burning out the resources we have. We're not burning out the people who are actually in their positions. And that's what we really want to do. Yeah. Are there any specific positions or jobs that you see AI being able to help out with in the workforce? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, from a, anywhere from private to public, I think kind of that a first impression of a lot of companies, whether it's a chat bot, whether it's uh, you know, kind of the first line customer service. I think we're going to see a lot more um, investment in that area, especially when it comes to, um, at least from our side, I mean, constituent services are going to go through the roof if we're able to augment AI properly. And I think people are going to have a better outcome after all that. And I think private entities are doing the same thing. If they can solve that issue or get an answer to a customer as fast as they can, I think that's really going to be beneficial for everyone. Yeah, I also wanted to talk a little bit about some of the major takeaways you got from the series of four hearings that you held. Talk, I'm sure you touched on a lot of different topics related to AI. So what were some of the biggest takeaways from that for you? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think uh, I really wanted to embrace technology. I, as someone who sees what AI can do and the true benefits, I think the benefits outweigh the, the negative of AI. And so I really was appreciative of a lot of the speakers that came to each of the hearings that we had invited. I mean, some of them from the biggest tech companies in the world that we know, Google, you know, uh, we had Microsoft there. We, we had huge companies that were showing, hey, this is going to be a good thing. And this is why it's going to be a good thing. And let, let's show what we've been working on. And ultimately, I think a lot of people walked away, obviously, I think still cautious, but very optimistic of, of where AI is headed. Yeah, you talked a little bit about how you see this as a positive thing. Are there any areas where you think there could be a danger with AI or any concerns you have that you see addressing in the future? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, again, there may be a lot of misinformation that could be created via AI. And I think that's where we're going to start looking at without stifling, you know, First Amendment rights of people. But we also want to make sure that we're not harming reputations because of the fact that someone generated something with AI. I mean, a very po a very popular example more recently was the Taylor Swift generation that that happened and was circulated through social media. So we don't want that happening. So we're going to continue to uh, put our minds together of what kind of legislation would kind of address that without it infringing too much. Sure. Yeah, I believe you're referring to the pornography that was created. Um, I know there is a proposal as part of what the task force proposed related to pornography. Could you tell us a little bit about that one? Yeah, so there was actually two bills that came out of it. Uh, one of them was actually about AI-generated child porn. 
Um, so if there's a purported picture of a child that's reasonable that you would think this is child porn, that you could then be prosecuted or there is some sort of uh, ramifications for that. I, I think it's probably safe to say that even though that image isn't an actual child sometimes, I, I think it's one of those repulsive parts of, of society that I think we can all agree on that should be um, curbed as much as possible. And then the other one's about um, the use of someone's likeness and generating them in a position um, that would be, again, a por pornographic nature that they could try to use to either blackmail them or whatever it may be, or again, hurt reputations. And that's what we've seen uh, with the Taylor Swift incident. Yeah, other than the Taylor Swift incident, is there anything you heard from stakeholders about similar situations with pornography or child pornography at the more state level? Um, at this, so we did reach out to DOJ. So we've worked very closely with DOJ um, with the child pornography bill. Um, it is something that they have alluded to is potentially happening. But again, I think it's one of those things that if we can curb it early, um, we don't have to worry about going down that path too much. I guess as far as all these hearings you've held, you've been able to take anything, everything in on AI. Um, overall, do you feel like it's a good or a bad thing, or is it maybe somewhere in between? In between, I think overall, just again, AI is going to be positive for society. I think uh, if we all start to really wrap our heads around how do we embrace it in our everyday lives, I, I, I think it will be a very positive impact. But again, there are some concerns that we all need to keep in mind too, including our you know, personal data and how we protect it and who has access to that. And ultimately saying, okay, I have ownership of this. I don't need X company, Y company, Z company having access to that. So that's that was also a part of the task force conversations. And do you see any steps forward in this conversation, any potential bills in the future that weren't a part of the recommendations that you see taking action on? Um, I think we're going to continue to have conversations, especially around uh, disclaimers of when someone reasonably believes that they're actually interacting with a human, that if it's AI, that there's some, some sort of disclaimer early in that interaction. Um, so let, let's say chatbots again online, if it's an insurance company, if it's something with the state, we want to make sure that people believe that they they understand that they are dealing with AI rather than a person and that that AI cannot actually make any sort of agreement without the approval of a human in the loop. And that's that was a big point that we kept hearing during all the task force hearing is you always need a human in the loop. AI will never just run rampant. You'll always have a person at, at the end of the day that has some sort of authority over that. Okay, well, thank you for sharing your thoughts and all the work you did on the committee. Absolutely. I appreciate you having me. Awesome, Kate. Thanks for bringing us that interview. If our listeners want to read more about artificial intelligence or anything to do with the legislature in general, they can head over to our website at wispolitics.com. But for now, I'm Adam Kelnhofer. I'm Kate Morton. Thanks for tuning in to Wispolitics Capital Chats, brought to you by Spectrum. <laughs>